Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Hope everybody had a great holiday. Do I have some exciting news? We have hit one million downloads. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that would ever happen, that we would ever be listened to by that many people. It is just absolutely staggering to me. It's just, it's just amazing. I cannot believe it. So the statistics this morning when we came in, when I came in, it was 1 million, a little over, I think 1 million, 1,000. We're heard in 179 countries and in 15,568 cities around the world. Man, that's exciting to me. That's just, it's just so hard to get your mind around. A million, a million downloads of this podcast. It's it's so remarkable how small the planet really is because of the internet. It's it's just remarkable that I'm sitting in a recording studio in Texas and I have people in 179 different countries that hear this. So I wish I could speak every language so I could say thank you in your individual country's language, but I can't. So thank you. Thank you all so much. And especially Thank you to the parents who, when I meet you or when you write to me, you say such kind things. I am absolutely honored that you allow your children to listen to this podcast. It it simply means the world to me. Thank you. Thank you all so much. So, man, that's exciting. That's really exciting to see that uh, that many downloads of this podcast. This is podcast number 93. And um, we're going to going to do something a little different. I'm going to do my um, my, of course, my feature creature. And then I'm going to go straight over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page because I've not gone in there for a while and acknowledged all the nice things you're sent. Um, Before that, I want to tell you a lot of you, a lot of you uh, received memberships to my Patreon club over the holidays. And for some of you, there was no way we were able to send your welcome gift, depending on which club level you joined. We weren't able to send your welcome, or we were able to mail it, but it's just going to arrive late. So I just want you all to know, if you are interested in the Patreon club, there are three levels. There is the Triceratops level, which is $1 a month. And with that, you get one live lesson. And uh, get to see uh, past lessons. You can watch past lessons. Um, the Raptor Club member is $5 a month. And with that, you receive two live lessons a month. And you um, get to see, um, you have access to all of the past lessons. And you receive a Raptor Claw replica as a welcome gift. And you get to participate in a lot of fun stuff on the page. And then there's the Ultimate group that is the t-rex membership 
And um, in that membership, you get two um, welcome gifts, a Raptor Claw replica and a T-Rex tooth replica. You get two live lessons. You get access to all past lessons. You also get a lot of information that is only sent to you. You get to get a birthday shout out and you get to ask who would win questions and you are um, able to be interviewed if your name comes up to be interviewed on the podcast. So um, if you would like to join uh, Patreon, go to my website, dinosaurgeorge.com and you can see the podcast i mean the patreon link there all right let's get right into our feature creature it's time for our feature creature segment if you would like to suggest a creature go to the dinosaur george kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the dinosaur george kids facebook group page now here is your feature creature We have chosen a rather rare but very important uh, member of the raptor family. family. It's Changuraptor. Uh, Changuraptor is a a member of the Dromaeosaur family, which is basically um, a family of meat-eating dinosaurs, bipedal, walk on two legs, with a curved claw on the foot. That curved claw on the foot is what... um, kind of distinguishes them from other small theropods, theropod meaning meat-eating dinosaur. Uh, Raptor is very interesting. It's one of these that is referred to as a four-winged dinosaur. And what that means is it's got uh, long feathers on both its arms and its legs, and therefore it is able to open them up and almost be like a super glider, because you don't have you don't just have your two arms as gliding mechanisms, but you have your legs as well. Now, this specimen was found to be in such good condition, they were able to look at the feathers and see that it was absolutely a four-winged feathered raptor. That's kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> this one lived in the early Cretaceous about 125 million years ago, and it was found in the Liaoning province in China. And... Um, it, it's very similar to like Microraptor in that group because it's not giant. Now, it's it's relatively big. Uh, and, and when they found this one, by the way, they know this one is an adult. There are things that paleontologists can see on the skeleton that helps them understand that they might they're either looking at a juvenile or an adult. And so... Uh, This one that they found is a fully grown adult, and so its size is probably about as big as it gets. They are 1.2 meters long. That's nearly four feet long, and they probably weigh about eight and a half pounds. That's four kilograms. So basically, this thing is the size of a turkey, and it uh, it's capable of flight. Now, you know, it's it's funny. I grew up in the country. We raised turkeys and we had turkeys on our farm and on our ranch wild ones and people would assume that because our turkeys don't fly on the farm they don't think turkeys can fly a lot of times you see turkeys you know thanksgiving and things like that and they show videos of them but you never see them flying but i can assure you that wild turkeys are absolutely more than capable of full flapping flight and i mean they're fast too 
So this thing is probably capable of that. Now, some people would argue that it probably was a glider, that it crawled up into trees or up over like on rocks and could launch themselves and glide. But I think that it's more likely that this thing is capable of sustained flights, uh, flight that it, it couldn't just it didn't just um, uh, it didn't just glide. It could flap its wings and fly. Now, it's got big feathers on its tail as well. And uh, so the question is, what, why is its tail feathered? And a lot of people will say for display. But that tail with those big wings may have also acted as a rudder, meaning it would help it steer when it was going through the air. And it could also be used as sort of a brake when it comes time to land. You can, you can put that tail down with the wings spread. And the air pushing against it would slow the bird down. What I'm talking about, like, for instance, if you ever watch big birds like uh, Canadian geese or swans, um, as they land and they're coming in, they fully open their arms as wide as they can to act as a big break to slow their body down. Well, it's possible that this little raptor not only would spread its arms and its legs, but it also may have used its tail it's sort of like a drag shoot. Have you ever seen images of, of those race cars that they, they're side by side and they're watching the light turn red, yellow, and then it green, and then they floor it and they go down the racetrack as fast as they can. And then you see a parachute come out of the back. Well, that is what is stopping the car from moving forward. So it is a brake. It is a it, it's a it's a brake system. I mean, think of a parachute when you jump out of an airplane. The parachute is slowing your descent. It's trying to slow you down. So it's possible that Changyu Raptor's tail would have been would have acted as a, a mechanism to slow it down. And uh, the feathers on its arms. And, and by the way, the tail feathers are amazing because they're almost a foot long. Um, and that's thirty centimeters long. That's big. Remember the whole animal. The whole animal is about four feet long. And so one foot is uh, is the tail. Now, all members of the raptor family have a long tail. That's pretty standard. But in the case of this one, because it was found so well preserved, this one was fully feathered. And that then brings us to the question, well, um, is it possible that um, uh, is it possible that the. Um, uh, all other raptors were feathered. I'm starting to believe they are now big ones like Deinonychus and Utah Raptor and, and Dakota Raptor, uh, a kilobator. They're too large to be flying. They're not going to be able to take off. It's like a, it's like an ostrich. Ostrich just simply cannot fly. It's too big, too heavy. So I don't think all, but I do believe that all raptors were feathered. I do believe that all raptors were feathered. And again, those feathers could work for two different things. It could, it could certainly um, uh, keep them warm or insulated. You know, we we oftentimes don't think about raptors, our, our our feathered animals living in hot environments. But oh my gosh, when you go to the Amazon rainforest or you go to Africa to the savannas, there's thousands, millions of birds living there, and they're fully feathered. See, when a bird fluffs its feathers up. It traps air under them, and that acts as an insulation blanket. It can either keep their body cool or it could keep the heat in the body depending on uh, the temperature. 
So I think all raptors, I believe all raptors were probably feathered. And I'm starting, I mean, every time they find a new smaller one, it's always feathered. And it just makes me think, see, it takes a certain kind of condition for feathers to fossilize. In most cases, when an animal dies, its skin, its feathers, uh, the keratin covering its claws, all of those things decompose. They disappear. They leave no trace. But every now and then, within a certain environment when they die, even the impression of the feathers can be trapped in the sediment over their body. So even though those feathers ultimately decompose, what's left behind is a print of them. And scientists are capable of seeing those prints. So that's what happened with Archaeopteryx. That's what happened with Microraptor. That's what happened with uh, Changiraptor. Their impression of the feathers were absolutely um, absolutely uh, on this dinosaur, which is pretty cool. Now, it's definitely a predator, and it makes you wonder, well, it's not so big. What does it eat? Well, listen, four feet is a pretty big animal, right? That's, pre- that's a fairly big animal. It's probably as long as many of you listeners. And so, um, you know, that's like I said, it's one, 1. 1.2 meters long. So it's certainly capable of, it's certainly capable of taking on a little bit larger prey But when you look at these small raptors, that's not what they do. They're not attacking big prey. Yes, they could hunt in packs to take on larger prey, but these guys are too fragile. They're too easily broken. Remember, their bones are hollow to make them weigh less so they can fly or run fast. So hollow bones can be strong, but they can also be somewhat fragile. This thing has to be careful what it attacks. You know, in the movies, you always see predators blindly attacking everything. In all the dinosaur movies, they just attack everything. And that's probably not the case because that would be a very dangerous thing to do. That would be an incredibly dangerous thing to do because of the potential of injury. When you have to hunt your prey and you've got broken arm or leg, you're, you're in big trouble. So uh, what did it prey on? Well, it probably preyed on lizards, uh, small mammals. Um, any kind of little rodent, smaller dinosaurs. It certainly would have eaten eggs if it found them unprotected. It could certainly also scavenge. You know, if you're flying around and you see that a big, see, it lived with you, Tyrannus, which is one of the predators that lived at the same time in the same place. So let's say it discovers you, Tyrannus, has killed something and it's eaten its fill and and the big you, Tyrannus, is just laying down next to it to to take a nap after eating well little scavengers like this can show up and they can get all the meals they can eat and there's one other thing a small animal like this might do and that is it might pick the meat out of the mouth of you tyrannus the way some birds pick the uh the meat out of the mouths of crocodiles or some fish go into the mouths of sharks it's a cleaning service so perhaps you tyrannus landed on the back uh i mean um, uh changi raptor could have landed on a uterinus and crawled around on it picking off parasites they may have had a a relationship with each other i mean that's certainly a possibility there's no evidence to support that but what we do is we look at we look at modern animals as a window to the past if we see that sort of behavior today then it certainly is possible that the animals behaved the same way in years past. Look at a rhinoceros and the bird referred to as the oxpecker. Um, 
these birds will land on the back of the rhinoceros and crawl around on it, picking off parasites out of the folds of the skin where they can't get to them. And so the rhinoceros enjoys it. Glad that they're there. Now, rhino's vision is not good, but the birds are. Birds can give early notices of potential danger. So we can fast forward to seeing that, or, or fast forward, we can go back in time and maybe see that same behavior. Maybe pterosaurs were, were landing on the backs of dinosaurs, uh, acting as lookouts, but getting a free meal in return. Mary, and maybe this small raptor was going into the mouth of you, Tyrannus, and picking out the dead meat and the meat stuck between its teeth, which the Utah, I mean, the Utah, the Utah would want to happen. So I think there's an interesting thing that could be taking place when you have a small to medium sized dinosaur living with another. It doesn't always mean they were at odds. There is possibility that there could be some symbiotic, meaning getting along relationship. Um, when they were alive, the, um, uh, the temperatures were pretty hot, but the winters could be cold. And that's why this dinosaur's feathers would have been important. Uh, it rained a lot, probably, during most of the year. And then it was really hot and dry during the summers. And you might ask, how, how could you possibly know that? Well, maybe Changyu Raptor had a diary and wrote, wrote it down. Did that ever cross your mind? No, I don't, I don't think it would either. <laughs> no. Paleontologists can look at fossilized plants and geologists can also look at certain kinds of buildup of rock layers that that give indications of what's going on. So they can kind of determine they can kind of determine what the weathers were like and how the different seasons changed. I know that's that's just absolutely fascinating to me. It really is. Um, So you've got this relatively large flying raptor that probably would have used a couple of different hunting methods. First, we talked about scavenging. Well, that doesn't require a method other than just staying away from whoever made the kill. Don't get killed yourself. Get caught stealing. But if they're capable of flight, then certainly they could drop from above. They could come flying down from above, land on the unsuspecting prey and attack it. They were capable of running. They certainly were capable of running, but... They're not as aerodynamic. And what that means is they can't run as fast because remember I said those feathers could be used to kind of like slow them down. Well, even when the arms are tucked to its side and even though the tail is sticking straight out from the back of the body, they're still going to, those feathers are going to slow it down. It's like when you're running with, uh, with, uh, let's say just a t-shirt and you're running as fast as you can. Then you put on a big overcoat and you try to run. Well, it's not only the weight of the coat, but it's also that the, the coat is trying to move more air. And so it is, um, it's going to slow you down. So I believe that it's going to probably fly to catch most of its food, but it could certainly chase things down. It had the killing claw on its foot. And even though it had wings, it still has fingers. So its fingers are capable of grabbing and holding on to something, but I think it would ultimately deploy that uh, killing claw on its foot. So that is your feature creature for episode number 93. If you'd like to learn more about Changyu Raptor, its name is spelled C-H-A-N-G-Y-U-R-A-P-T-O-R. 
For those of you that are members of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, and that is a free group, there's no charge whatsoever. If you would like a project, I would like for you to try to draw a picture of either a crocodile with its mouth open or a U Tyrannus with its mouth open and Changyu Raptor picking out stuff from between its teeth. I think that would be I think that would be kind of a fun thing. I think it'd be kind of a fun thing to do. All right, let me um let me tell you this, by the way. I don't know if I can do this or not. So many of you that listened to my old podcast, my some of the first ones, I talked about teaching private virtual lessons where I charged a fee and you could, um, I would set up a Zoom meeting and you would get your own private lesson. Well, then my travel schedule got to be so busy, I wasn't able to do that anymore. I am going to try to see if there's any way that I can do this maybe in July or August. I don't know at this point if I can, but if I do, we will send out notices to everybody. So for those of you that have heard some of my earlier podcasts where I talk about doing private lessons, I don't do them anymore because I'm on the road almost five days a week uh, and it's just impossible for me to do them anymore. But uh, I'm going to see if maybe I can do some of them over the summer. All right. Speaking about traveling, let me play a little information about my traveling museum. And when we come back, we're going to jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids page. And I am going to uh, answer some questions and notate some of the things that you guys have posted. Bring Dinosaur George's traveling exhibit to your school, museum, or city. This is the largest exhibit of its kind in North America and will turn any facility into a natural history museum. You'll see things like prehistoric mammals, giant fish, ancient reptiles, and of course, dinosaurs. It's affordable, amazing, and will be an event you'll never forget. See complete details at dinosaurgeorge.com or call us toll free, 888-487-7478. Bring Dinosaur George's traveling museum to your community today. You know, um, at the at the top of this, I, I forgot to do something. I forgot to give a shout out to my uh, five-year-old buddy, Javier, who came from New York with his mom and dad. They were visiting San Antonio and they stopped out at my museum to say hi. And I promised him I would give him a shout out. So, my friend, I hope you guys enjoyed my museum. It was great meeting you and certainly great meeting your mom and dad. And uh, there's your shout out, my little friend. So good for you. Now, um, the other thing, speaking of, hang on, there we go. Speaking of um, uh, the museum, if any of you ever come to San Antonio, Texas, I have a museum and a gift shop that is open to the public. And um, all the information about it can be found on my website at dinosaurgeorge.com. And you can look at the menu button and you can see visit our museum. I don't want you to confuse that with the other one that says traveling museum because that's different. My traveling museum is totally different. All of the items in there are contained in a big trailer and we go from location to location with it. Uh, The ad you just heard is about my traveling museum. But my museum and store in uh, in San Antonio, that's permanent. Those are the big things. They're too big for me to travel with. They're simply too big and they wouldn't fit in a trailer. So um, so if you ever get to come by there, I hope you I hope you will. I'm not there every weekend. I try to be, but I'm not there every weekend because I'm 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 really busy. But um, 
Anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out and mention that, uh, mention the museum. So now jump over here to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. Now, this is a group that is growing like crazy. I think we're already at over 7,000 members. It's completely free. There is no charge to go uh, to join this. And so if you don't want to join Patreon, we still do stuff through here. So I just want to come in here and show some different, just highlight some of the things that are in here. Uh, the Lewis family, somebody drew a picture of a Spinosaurus turning Dinosaur George into a piano. Okay, that's the rudest thing I've ever seen in my life. What kind of, I love your your drawing, by the way. Why would I be turned into a piano? That's simply horrifying. What a terrible thing to do to me. I'm so innocent and I don't deserve any of this stuff. Now, this is kind of cool too. Let me see if I can turn the volume up on this. Hold on a second. Let me see. I want to play a video from um, uh, Anton Allosaurus, who's a new T-Rex member. What's happening, buddy? Congratulations, and let's hear what you had to say. Oh, hang on. I didn't turn this on. Technology. It's just killing me sometimes. All right, there and here. Hi, El Stico. I'm Anton Allosaurus. Wait one minute, you rotten little kid. Did you just call me El Stinko? No one knows yet. No one. Knows the identity of El Stinko. And I like your Patreon club. I'm a new T-Rex member. Goodbye, the, goodbye, El, goodbye little Georgie Pan. You rotten little kid! Goodbye, what kind of a kid calls me El Stinko and then calls me little Georgie Pants? What kind of kids are you? I am so glad to have you as a member, Anton. It's so nice to meet you. And I look forward to seeing you on the upcoming podcast. Uh, the Duffy family posted some really beautiful pictures of their dinosaurs. Uh, they're, they're from Australia on Christmas Day. These look great. I love when you guys post pictures of your toys and your figures and how you put them in spots that make them look almost like they are alive. I absolutely love this. That was great. Thank you so much. I absolutely love those pictures. That is so, so cool. Uh, let's keep going here. Um, 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 uh, Emeronics. Emeronics sent a really cool thing. What is this? Hang on a second. What is this? What is this? My what is name this? is Emeronics. Hang on a second. Emeronics just sent me a video. Hi, Dinosaur George. This is my Christmas tree full of dinosaurs. And my name is Emeronics. That is so cool. I absolutely love your Christmas tree, and I love that pterosaur. Thank you so very much for sending that. I absolutely love it. I watched your whole video, by the way. That is so cool. Uh, let's see. This is from <laughs> this is from the Evans family who said, Hey, DG, since I know your birthday is in December, here's a cake I made. Happy birthday and Merry Christmas. Obviously, you're El Stinko. Well, I'm not El Stinko, and I don't know what you're talking about with this El Stinko thing. Yes, my birthday was December 18th, and thank you so very much. I love that cake, by the way. El Stinko. What is with you people in this El Stinko stuff? Barry Onyx Ben got to go to Smithsonian Institute, and he's got some images of really cool stuff. Let me tell you something, uh, Ben. I used to live in um, Maryland, and we used to go to the Smithsonian all the time, and so I love that you got to go there. That's so cool. Uh, oh, man, look at this. The um, Spinosaurus versus Carnotaurus. Oh, my gosh. Merry Christmas from Australia. 
Your four-year-old colored this. So thank you to, I think it's pronounced the Lalo or Lalo family. Thank you so very much for posting the picture. And Merry Christmas to you. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed your holiday. And I love that picture. That's so cool. Uh, Let's see. Ella Hippus and Grandma Soros Rex have a question for DG from tonight's Patreon lesson. We just had a Patreon lesson, uh, and they sent this to me. Does every piece of a fossil have to be studied to see if it's a new species? P.S. You are El Stinko. I am not El Stinko. Would you people stop with this El Stinko thing? I am not that. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. (laughs) Okay. To be able to be classified if it's a new species... I think the number is 20%. You have to have at least 20% of the skeleton to be able to give it a legitimate name. You can certainly give it a nickname, but until science recognizes it, I want to say you have to find at least, maybe it's 10%. I don't remember. But you have to be able to look at all the bones. And the reason for that, you guys, is if you only found one or two bones, You might think you found a new species because they don't look exactly like the other bones. Well, if somebody looked at your and my bones, there's going to be some differences between them, but we're still humans. So you wouldn't name me a new species because one of my bones is a little different. You've got to find enough to be able to compare all of them. So when naming a new species, yes, you have to find as much as you can. All right, Jackson, age seven, drew a beautiful, beautiful Spinosaurus. And I want to tell you guys, and Merry Christmas to you too. I want to tell you guys, um, I love the bright colors. I love the bright colors. Um, but, you know, I, 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 they may, maybe they didn't all have them. But basically, I think a lot of them did. All right, uh, Ashley Raptor had to miss our lesson uh, she's a Patreon club member. I'm so sorry, but Merry Christmas to you guys. And thank you for doing that. Thank you so very much. I appreciate all of that. Uh, Ethan sent some really cool dino lights. <laughs> These are Christmas lights that are lit up and they look really, really cool. I love those things. I think we had some of those on our Christmas tree in our museum. I'm pretty sure we did. That's so cool. Uh, Rosie, age nine, sent a really good picture of a big sauropod with a bunch of raptors closing. It looks like Utah raptors closing in. I hope that dinosaur survived. I know that dinosaur did. It had to. But I love that thing very much. Okay, what do we got? Hang on a second. Let me... Got another video here. I love your videos, by the way. Hold it. Wait for it. I've got to change this. Stinko. Okay, just right off the bat, he called me El Stinko. Very nice. Jonasaurus. Would you like to see me draw a dinosaur? Yes, Jonasaurus. I'd like to see you okay. draw a dinosaur. So, you are going to draw. Well, that was a beautiful drawing, and I liked it very much. But stop calling me El Stinko, you rotten little kid. <laughs> All right, this is really cool. This came from, this is, this is. This is my friend, Rody, whose dire wolf is barking. Happy birthday to me on my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday <laughs> to so you. Cool. Happy birthday to Galatosaurus. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. <laughs> Thank you, Rody. That was really cool. 
That was really, really cool. I like that very much. Thank you so much. Uh, this is kind of a cool one. This is from Devin. Someone already asked why T-Rex has such strong jaws, but I want to know why it needs such strong jaws. This is a great question. The reason why it needs those strong jaws is Tyrannosaurus Rex is such a large dinosaur that it needs as much food as it can get. And that even includes probably bone marrow. Bone marrow is the gooey stuff that's in the middle of a bone. That's very nutritious, by the way. Being, a, being able to have teeth and jaws strong enough to crack the bone, it would definitely want to be able to get to as much as it can. And maybe even ingesting bone. It probably ate bones as well. I'm, well, I know it ate bones. Bones have calcium. And so calcium is good for the body because it makes their bones stronger. So in order to get those big things down its throat, it's got to be able to crunch them. And that's probably why it did. All right. Jasper Raptor drew a beautiful picture of a dinosaur eating meat. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's a dinosaur eating me. What kind of a person does that to me? Jasper Raptor, shame on you. Okay, I like that very much. <laughs> and then Maya has a beautiful little dinosaur. She got a little carnivore. She named it Maya Sora. Well, how nice is that? That's a great picture. I love that. I love that dinosaur. That's so cool. All right, this is from Devin. When was the first time Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor attacked you? The minute I opened the box and it came out. That's when it attacked me. The second I opened the box, the minute it hatched, it attacked me. Cannot believe that. All right, here's a great question from Joyce. I'm Joyce, and why do all dinosaurs end in Saurus or Soar, El Stinko? Okay, first of all, stop calling me El Stinko, Joyce, because that's not my name. No one knows that. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. <laughs> all right. So why does why do they end in Saurus or Soar? Well, not all of them do. There's a lot of them that don't, but... When scientists first discovered dinosaurs, they assumed that they were giant lizards or reptiles. And at that time, the most common language spoken by um, scientists around the world was Latin. They spoke Latin. And so in order for other scientists to know what they were saying, they would name the dinosaur and give it a Latin name, like a prefix or a suffix. So saurus means lizard or reptile. In English. So they get the word Saurus at the end because they were describing it. Tyrannosaurus means tyrant lizard. Um, Allosaurus means other lizard or reptile. Brachiosaurus means arm reptile or arm lizard. So that's why they end in Saurus. Now, they still do it today because it's sort of like a tradition. But they don't all end in that. Uh, a lot of them will end or be other words as well. Okay, let's see. Hanky Raptor and Jude the Dino Dude sang me happy birthday, so I've got to listen to this. All right, hang on. Let's. You're, we heard your birthday's coming up, Dinosaur George. We have a baby T-Rex to sing a song for you. And I'm the cha-cha troll. I'll keep, out, I'll keep a watch out for her. Cha-cha, Raptor. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, that was absolutely great. That was just great. Thank you so very much. That was so, that was just amazing. Thank you so much. All right, the Freeman family visited a museum, Discovery Park of America. Hey, these are great images, you guys. I really, really love those a lot. Those are really, really great images. That is so cool. Uh, uh, And Kylosaurus Gabe and Charlottesaurus sent me the words to a Christmas song, which is just absolutely amazing as well. So that is so cool. Well, listen, my friends, I have had so much fun doing this a little bit shorter uh, episode this time because of time constraints. But I wanted to announce that we have now hit uh, 1 million downloads. Now, the next one I'm going to do will be the December shout outs to all of my Patreon Club T-Rex members. So that one I will be posting soon. I wanted to wait till the end of the month because there may be some last minute people to sign up to become members. And if your birthday is in December, I don't want to miss it. So the next one I do will have all of the member uh, uh, T-Rex member birthdays. And I will also answer Raptor, T-Rex, and uh, Triceratops member questions on the next ones. I don't have any Who Would Wins for this particular one because I just am, am limited to time. But I wanted to tell you all thank you again so very much. I am honored that uh, so many of you enjoy the podcast. And the reason why the podcast is heard so much is because you are telling your friends and family members. And that's the only reason why, honestly. Uh, you know, there's certainly people that just happen upon it. That that happens all the time. But um, it is because of you sharing the word and enjoying it. So thank you all so very much. Make sure, everybody, that you are um, being kind and courteous. Uh, we're all getting ready for a new year. New discoveries. New fun. Make sure to tell your parents that you love them be kind to everybody you know and let's all start the new year with some fun uh, discoveries i may be able to record another one before new year's but anyway i'll try my best thank you all so very much take care one million and i'm not el stinko to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah. Yeah.